Now, Lord, we just ask that you would break open the word of heaven for us, Father. Allow us to eat and feed on your word until we get over full and we thank and praise you. We don't want to hear from man, but we want to hear from heaven, Lord God. So we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name, amen, and praise God. Well, we're going to talk today about a fight to the finish, because amen, we're at the finish line, but this is a fight. You have to fight to just keep coming to church. (laughs) Just look around. It's a fight. We're in a spiritual war. Amen. People repeat that and recite that so much. But I'm wondering, do they really understand what it means? I'm finding out. And it's a fight. Amen. But this is the thing. It's a fight that's already been won. Amen. It's a fixed fight, I should say. But you have to walk through it. There's a process. To getting to the end of this, this road, you know, because we're going to be fighting the enemy until Jesus come home. Now we know that, but you know, sometimes you can be in the thick of the battle. And I think this is where everybody who was a Christian, uh, I think this is where everybody is right now in the thick of the battle. Amen. If you're an end time warrior and if you're just a church goer, this don't affect you. But if you, you're a warrior, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. But God wants us to stay in this fight and don't quit. Even when it gets tough, even when it gets hard to obey and do what the Lord tells you to do, he wants you to press. Amen. I'm beginning to see what Paul meant when he says being pressed on all sides. We used to make a joke about it, you know, being pressed and I forget exactly what it was uh, Chuck used to say, but I'm telling you, it, it's pressure. It's a press. You know, you have uh, the devil. Well, this is the thing. Your faith must be tried, and your faith will be tried. But you will come through as pure gold because God already has your victory set up. But the thing of it is you can't quit. You have to fight. You can't sit down and twiddle your thumbs. You have to participate in this warfare amen but it is a done deal and i'm finding out that you survive and you hang in there and you don't quit and that's how you win by not quitting amen hallelujah being forgiven forgiving uh total quick quick repentance it takes all of these things to stay in this fight amen but one thing i know when you are established, see, when you stay in the word and you develop a relationship with God, you become established in the word. When you're established, the devil cannot take you down. Amen. <clears throat> he can try, but he won't. He won't take you down. Amen. So we have to keep fighting. So the Lord brought to my uh, attention Ephesians 6.10. <clears throat> And you now you gonna preach or am I gonna preach, little girl? Amen. <clears throat> Both of us can't talk at the same time. But Ephesians six ten talks about uh, this this fight and how really it gives us instructions on how to master and win this warfare. Amen. 
because you're in the warfare whether you fight or not. Amen. <laughs> this is that's the thing that some people don't know. Why well, I'm not that that kind of Christian. You are. You just don't know it. Amen. But God has given us instructions. He's given us His word that we will come out victorious. So if you'll turn to Ephesians six ten, and it starts off with "Finally, my brethren," and we're all familiar with this scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, that's said enough right there because we're not coming in his in our own strength. We're coming in the strength of the Lord. Amen. If you read any stories about Gideon and David, all of these warriors from uh, times past, you know, you know that God took them into the battle and he brought them out. Amen. And so they had to stay close to God. They had to pray and they had to seek his face and follow his instructions. And so this this word is telling us already that this is his might and his power that we're coming in. We're not coming in our own natural strength. And then verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God, not just the salvation part, not just the prayer part. Not just the prayer part, but the whole armor of God. Amen. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the wiles of the devil, those are his schemes, his plans, his plots, his tricks. You know, everything that he does to try to trip a a, a brother and sister of Christ, trip you up. But I'm going to let you know that the Lord told me that the biggest... uh thing or the biggest trick that the enemy is using in this season and in this new era is deception amen and so what he'll do is he'll try to make things look like it's one way when it's another and it and it it is convincing but if you continue to look at how things look and not stick to what that word has already said the uh the logos word of god is is giving us a a, a a communication i should say and it's it's giving us revelation letting us know what's really going on you have to stick to the logos word amen and so that word preached the logos word is what will keep you on your foundation amen hallelujah the rhema word is what we live by and that's what's already been declared. But the Logos word is, is you know, like revelation knowledge and the, what the word of God says. You got to stand on what the word says. You must stand on the word. And so when you do that, deception will fade away. But this is a thing. This is a different thing where the devil is just going to speak to anybody. He don't care. He don't care who you are. He's going to speak to your mind. That's what's going on in this new era. <laughs> he's going to speak to you. He's going to lie to you. And not only that, he's going to make things look real and seem real when it's not. And that's the going thing right now. And if he can get you to submit to what that picture he's trying to draw in your mind. And this is another thing. He usurps his authority. He pushes past the boundary line. And he goes straight to your mind and speak to your mind. Now, he can't read your mind, but he can sure put thoughts in there. 
And what you do is reject those thoughts. The Bible says to resist him and he will flee. And see, when he starts talking to you, I'm telling you the only way uh, what he is saying is going to pass by. You got to do what Jesus did. And Jesus uh, rebuked him. He resisted him and gave him the word. And that is the only thing that's going to stop the devil. You cannot stop him any kind of other way. It may work for you for a little while, but at some point you're going to get swamped and weary and battle fatigue. You must use the word of God to stop the enemy. Amen. And most people don't do that. They think it's another way. Or you know how it is, look, this is how I am and this is what I've been doing, so I'm going to continue to live like this. But when he hits you below the belt, amen, when he come like a thief in the night or however he comes to you, you will start to open up your mouth and and throw the word at him because that's the only thing that's going to stop him. But, you know, so God wants us to fight the good fight of faith and continue to stand. Well, really and truly, he wants us to take a firm stand because this is the fight. And sometimes for some people, it's the fight of their life because they're fighting sickness and disease. Some people are fighting poverty, you know, just everything. Mental health is just bad. But you know what? We have victory. God has given us the necks of our enemies. He's given us victory. Amen. So let's keep reading. And it says here in verse 12, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood and that's the other problem we wrestle against one another we go by what we see and what we think what the devil whisper in our ear and we start fighting one another but god is saying pay attention to me stop you know giving the devil all of this attention amen pay attention to me the lord is saying and so it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. These are our enemies. Our enemy is not our husband, not our wives, not our children, not our pastor, not our friends. The, the, the enemy is, is the one that we should come against because he puts the bad thoughts in our minds. He tries to make us think things are one way when it's another. He tries to orchestrate things to back up what he's telling you in your mind. And that stuff makes sense. But it's a lie from hell. Amen. And so we have to learn to govern ourselves when he gives you a wrong thought. Kick it out. Don't hold on to it. And the longer you hold on to it, the more deception you'll walk in. And so we have to learn how to be responsible and kick out the wrong thoughts and that's where it starts it all starts in your mind amen or or you know the devil some people let the devil use them and then you have to quit forgiveness and do a lot of ignoring you know what i'm saying you know instead of you know doing what we used to do amen but these this is how we're going to survive verse 13 says therefore Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. And that word withstand means to resist, to oppose, to block, to shut him down. 
So in other words, God is saying, look, you're going to have to withstand this devil. You're going to have to do whatever it is that you have to do. Take authority over what he's trying to do. And so you must be in control. Sometimes we fall off the wagon or sometimes he can attack us so bad we need help. But I do know this one thing. You will get up, you will fight again, and you will win. Amen. Every time. But you must take authority over and just stay in control of what's going on. I want to read this in the Amplified. Miss Avis is not here to give me the Amplified and give me the wrong thing. (laughs) But it's okay. I love her. And I miss her. Amen. I said, Avis, that ain't the right one. (laughs) But anyway, I thought about her this morning when I said, I need to read that and amplify it. And so, Avis is not here. Okay. And it says in Ephesians 6, uh, the amplify. Well, you know what? I'm going to do it in the message. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it in the message translation. And it says, and don't forget to pray. for. Uh Oh, wait a minute. Avis, where are you? Okay, here it is in the message. It says, and and that wraps it up. This is how she started. <laughs> God is strong, and he wants you strong. So take everything the master has set out for you, well-made weapons of the best materials. In other words, he didn't give us no cheap stuff. Amen. I was thinking about when I read that, I was thinking about how our president has started building new planes, new weapons, new everything. And I say, yeah, choice made weapons of the finest material. And that's what you need when you're fighting a real devil. Amen. It says, and put them to use so you will be able to stand up to, to everything the devil throws your way. This is no afternoon athletic contest that we'll walk away from and forget about in a couple of hours. This is for keeps, a life or death fight to the finish against the devils and all his angels, the devil and all his angels. Be prepared. You're up against far more than you can handle on your own. Didn't say you couldn't handle it, but it said on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued. Um, take all you can get. Every weapon that God has issued. So that when when it's all over. Except the shouting. You'll still be on your feet. Uh, truth. Righteousness. Peace. Faith. And salvation. Are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Notice it says ongoing. But we got the victory. And it says, pray hard and long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep each other's spirit up so that no one falls behind or drops out. Amen. That's as far as I'm going to go. I did. I went to 19. Amen. So I thought that was kind of interesting. 
I read it in the Amplified, but I won't. I, I kind of like the message because she just, to me, the Amplified was, was done by a woman who was just plain old fed up. And I'm going to say it this way. I don't care how it sounds, but it's going to make sense to you. <laughs> so I kind of like that. Amen. Hallelujah. So the enemy wants to try and destroy God's called and elect. There's a, a, a onslaught uh, against his call and elect, against uh, leaders, amen, uh, trying to set them up and deceive them and cause them to fall, amen. Some of them don't need any help, amen. But I'm telling you, God is is for us and not against us. He is for us all the, every day. He is for us. So, in other words, we all are under attack. So be strong and wise uh, to the enemy's tricks. God does not want us to allow the enemy to come in. When you start shutting doors and closing him down, don't open them up anymore. When you start to figure out how he's getting in, just ask the Lord, what am I, you know, you have to do that. What, where, where am I leaving an opening? And sometimes it'll be a little disobedience, like maybe you didn't pray. Maybe you didn't pray all week, you know, whatever it is. I'm just throwing something out there. But God will show you what's wrong. And we need to start closing up every crack because the devil is desperate to come. See, the devil know his time is short. That's what's going on. He know his days are numbered. And he wants to try to bring as many Christians. He don't mess with the sinners because he already got them. But he's always working double time on Christians trying to cause them to fall. Now, he'll particularly try to attack you when you are going through the process. When God is doing something different in your life and he's dealing with you because everybody has to go through trials. You know, but, but the Bible says these things are just for a moment. Amen. But, you know, if you you murmur and complain, the longer you stay uh, in this process. But it can't be neglected. You must go through a process because it's a refining process. And you must go through it to be a better you, to come out a better you. And God wants to get performance out of all of his saints. He wants to use us in this end time harvest. And so these are the things that God are concerned with. And so we must uh, comply. It's, it's as simple as somebody on your job and, and, you know, they may come in and be faced with some type of marriage situation or their children. And that's when you open up, you know, and see, God wants to touch our hearts so that we'll know and speak the right thing. In other words, he'll give you the tongue of the learner that you'll speak a word in season. You know, you'll speak a seasoned word. In other words, you'll speak exactly what that person needs to hear because you are in tune with God. And that's what this whole end times uh, harvest is all about. You may lead some people to the Lord. God may take you overseas. He may take you to the harvest, but you can work right in your, your place of, of work um, on the bus like you do when you pick up passengers you minister them pray pray for them that's that's being effective for god and this is what it's all about but if you're full of so much stuff that you can't minister to anybody you know we have to get ourselves together 
in other words and i'm telling you i believe this harvest is going to be a daily thing day after day after day ministering to people amen because the bible says that the harvest is right the laborers are few because we allow ourselves to have too many problems i'm not saying we have a lot of problems we allow ourselves to have too <laughs> too many problems amen our focus is somewhere else it's not with the work of the ministry but god wants us all to be effective amen he wants to use us all but he also wants to take us through a refining process so that we can uh, all of the stuff that we don't need is burned off and he can use what's good but you know he wants to use what's good i don't know how to fix that that's just the way it is amen so we're under attack but i'm telling you you can attack back amen like a bulldog amen you can wage a good warfare and don't fall for the bait because that's what season we're in where we're in a season where the devil is trying to trick us at every turn you know he'll cause people to turn on you not appreciate you not respect you but you can't let that you you honey you gotta turn like love you anyway love you bye you have to you have to stand you know and and let these people go and let god deal with it you have to learn how to let it go you know how back in the day we used to go and just fix everything them days are gone they don't exist anymore we have to allow god to fix everything amen hallelujah so that's that's just what's going on in the kingdom of god hallelujah let me see where i am so the word of god is indispensable we saw that it's a weapon and there is uh, generally we need to resort to using it but this is the thing not as a last minute thing you notice how people go to go to the doctor first then use the word as a last minute thing when they find out it's so bad or they find out that the devil don't want to give them surgery or whatever and then they'll fall back on the word but god wants you to come to the word first he wants you to fight a good warfare see when you put god first in everything that you do you will be successful even if you have to go to the doctor i'm not against the doctors but go to dr jesus first amen because he is the great physician there is a physician that is higher than any man and that is jesus amen hallelujah and so people don't want to hear that because the first thing they think is you're going to tell them don't don't do this don't do it's not about that it's about you going to the great physician because even say say for instance if you have to have surgery or something like that if you go to the great physician and you make a decision to have the surgery he is in there with you amen i know it was somebody i can't remember who that was recently and they had to go some to the doctor or something and i heard i overheard a conversation and they were saying you better not go up in there unprotected you know and i laughed but it's very true you know it's very don't be going up in there unprotected because you know what you got anesthesiologists to deal with you got nurses doctors and some of them take a little something to stay awake i mean can you do surgery on somebody i can't and so you know you'll know what they taking and it might not be no dose 
So you have to depend on God and put him before that. And he'll make sure the drunken doctor don't don't get to work that day. Amen. He said, not not my, on my servant, you won't. He'll have angels dispatched around your bed. This is just how God watches out for his servants. When they tell you now this might not work, this is a last resort, but God will make it work. So you take God in there with you and you come out victorious. Amen. But the more excellent way, of course, is to trust God the all the way. But he doesn't punish you if you don't. And some things need I've I've known a couple times that the Lord told me to tell somebody, go to the doctor. You need you might have to have surgery. You go. And it was accurate. And so I'm not I'm not I'm not going that route. Believe me, I'm not. But you still need to consult God because you need a quick recovery. You know, you need your body to receive the good from the medicine and not the bad. You know how many people have allergic reactions and die like that? They never had surgery. And so you take Dr. Jesus in there with you. Amen. And don't take anything for granted. Never take anything for granted. Amen. See, when we were young, we did dumb stuff like young people. We took chances. But now that we're old or mature in God, we don't do that no more. We go to God first. Amen. Hallelujah. So the word of God is is just, it's your protection. Amen. People generally resort to it last. I said that. But think of it like that, like this. Our methods are going to fall. They're going to fail. So we might as well go to Jesus first. Because our man's methods will fail. God's method never fails. Amen. So don't wait until you're in the heat of the battle to go to God. Go to him first. Amen. And don't wait until things are things wear you out. You know, if you're getting uh, battle fatigue, you're tired, the devil has worn you out. Don't wait until you get there before you go to God. Go to him first so that he can keep encouraging you and strengthening you. And, uh, you know, doing everything, lifting you up and not letting you fall flat on your face. And so put the word to use, put it in action. And I think that's a lot of what uh, Ephesians 6.10 is talking about. Amen. See, most people, and I used to do it too when I was in a traditional church, all I thought about is putting the helmet of salvation on the breastplate of righteousness and all that stuff is just, it's just worded like that. But God really does a work inside of you. Amen. And all he's saying is make walk in righteousness, walk in love, you know, do do all of these things. And you don't have to stop and put that on. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Just just do God every day. And don't go on a vacation. You know how some people go on vacation. They forget and leave God at home. Don't leave him at home. Take him with you everywhere. Amen. Hallelujah. And don't allow the devil, I said, to fatigue you and wear you out. Don't become discouraged. See, when you try to fight an enemy on your own, you become discouraged and disappointed. Don't allow yourself to do it. Go to God first so that he can give you a strategy against the enemy. And then you don't come discouraged and disappointed. Amen. Or angry at God. That's another one. 
when we things don't happen the way we think we get mad at God. And so we need to repent and just uh, stay with him. Amen. Don't and don't retreat. Don't go back or fall back or quit because you think you're losing this battle. There is no losing. Not when you're a child of God. You don't lose. Amen. You may get beat up, pressed by every side, but you don't lose. You have to stay in the thick of the battle. And you stay in there until you win because this is a battle for your life. Amen. But watch deception. That is the biggest trick of the enemy going right now. Is deceiving you to think one way when something is another. Or And he'll even orchestrate things and fix things and put people in place, situations in place, everything. He'll put it in place to look like what he's planting in your mind. And so you have to just divorce yourself from all of that stuff. You know, the Bible says casting down all vain imaginations. Every, uh, every thought that's higher or try to come to you higher than what God has already written in his word. And so you must stay sharp in these end times. If you stay sharp, the devil won't trick you. you you're the head of your house. you got to watch out for everybody. And so you have to stay with God. Amen. Hallelujah. And don't allow the devil to bind you up in all of this false stuff. And I'm telling you, it's false things that look real. Amen. Uh, what's her name? Joyce Meyer used to say, fear is false evidence that seems appearing real and it ain't real i'm telling you but it looks real and that's you know he does this to take you down the wrong road amen and or either put you on a false course you know so that you'll be over here thinking things are one way and doing this when things he's over here tearing this down in your life and so you have to keep watch on everything amen now the other thing deception is number one number two is um fighting flesh and blood he'll try to make you think flesh and blood is your enemy and he'll have you fighting flesh and blood when it's him he's gonna put a name on something and a face and call it the enemy and they are not the enemy but see, and most people fall for that because it's easy. It's easy because I'm lazy and I don't want to plow and I don't want to fight the devil to preserve spiritual relationships. And so I just want to settle with this because I'm mad and I want to blame somebody. And so you can't live like that because the devil got the devil's going to get you and God's going to rebuke you. And so you might as well fall in line and allow God to help you. Amen. And that's all we are. That's all I can do. I can't do anything but humble myself and allow God to do what he wants to do. Amen. And God is a righteous judge. He doesn't. He's just righteous all the way around. And so you have to fall in line with his procedure. You can't do your own. It's just like a doctor. If you have a problem in your arm, he can't go doing surgery on your brain he has to follow his procedure to take care of the problem that you have you know you just can't go operating on some other place you know as was that good because i didn't know 
I just, but you know, you, <laughs> you have to go with what God wants, how, and how God wants to do things. We don't get to choose. And I'm glad, because it would be real bad for some people. You know what I'm saying? If we did our own thing. And so we have to allow God to work on people, work what, work things out the way he wants to work them out. It's just that way. And sometimes it's that, be honest with you, that's the harder thing to do. It's hard, but you have to do it. Amen. So your struggle is not with flesh and blood, but it's against principalities and powers, rulers of wickedness in this age. And, um, the rulers in heavenly places. And so the church needs to learn how to discern. Stay away from deception. But if you if you don't discern, you won't know when you're in deception. You won't know. And so you must discern. Amen. You have to learn how to discern between spiritual struggles and carnal struggles, natural struggles. You know, like social, personal, political, those kind of things. See, people think that's spiritual. That's not spiritual. That's Those are natural struggles. You have to keep them separated, although Jesus is Lord of all of it. But you have to keep those separated. In other words, you can't take all of these natural things on and fight a natural enemy. You have to keep it spiritual all the way. Amen. Because if you start fighting natural situations uh with natural uh, spiritual situations with natural means guess what you'll detour somewhere there is a fork in the road see it's all about deception and he'll try to get you over there doing something the wrong way the wrong see we use not that we want wrong things but i think we just use wrong methods because we want to take, and me too, we want to take care of things right now. But we have to wait and allow the Holy Spirit to set the stage. Because the Holy Spirit wants to orchestrate things too. Just like the devil, he thinks he's an orchestrator. He don't know how to do it right. But the Holy Spirit wants to put things in place, people in place, situations in place, get people's hearts in place. The Holy Spirit wants to orchestrate our lives. And we not, we're not supposed to give it over to the enemy. Amen. And so we need not to take a detour. Amen. When you start wrestling with human people, human beings, you're starting to detour. Amen. And, and instead of doing it prayerfully, we have to pray. Not pray until we get tired. Pray and pray and pray and pray until God intervenes. And he will intervene. But he's going to do it at his own timing. He's not going to take orders from us. Where were we when he called the heavens and the earth into being? Nowhere. And so what he's going to do is do things in his timing and in his way. But don't be deceived. Don't go down the wrong road. And the devil, and see, he don't just quit. You rebuke him today. He coming back Saturday. Amen. He relentless. So you, you know what I, I told the devil? I'm going to be relentless. I'm going to be just like you, only better at it. Because I got the power, you don't. Amen. See, we have to learn who we are in him. And we're the ones with the power, the authority. The Bible says he's under our feet. But it's up, up to us to keep him under. We have to keep him under. How do you do that? By, by keeping your flesh under. 
there's a place called under that you can keep your flesh. I keep my flesh under. I can't remember the whole scripture, but it's, it's, I can't remember where it is, but you can keep yourself under. In other words, keep it, um, under the authority of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost where you don't take over. You allow him to take over. Amen. I'm not saying sometimes you not have, have to deal with some things. You do. But you do it in a way where God, you, you still honor God. But you do have to speak up and say some things sometimes. Amen. So we have spiritual weapons. We have spiritual resources available to the church. Jesus left all of these weapons to the church. Amen. Jesus is the head of the church. And he ought to know what weapons he wants you to use so you can come out victorious and not go down the wrong road. Amen. So there are special weapons uh, available for the church. Now, I wrote down uh, three three things that I believe uh, is for the church. And uh, let's see. One of those things is authority. So he's given us authority. That's in Genesis 1, if you can Turn there right quick, Genesis 1, 28. And if we don't finish reading it, you can read it later. But if you write it down, Genesis 1, it was in the beginning. And after he created man and woman from his rib. Let me see. 128. It says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and that's your key word right there, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over everything, live, every living thing that moves on the earth. Hallelujah. And then it says in 29, and God said, see, I have given you herbs that yield seed, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. Now back in the 60s they used that for you know what kind of herb. But God wasn't down with that. But he says, be fruitful and multiply and take the, and that word subdue means domin, take dominion, take charge over every living thing that moves on the earth. And they had, so he gave them dominion over the earth and that's authority. With dominion came the authority and the power. Amen. And including all aggressive satanic forces, he put them under Adam's control. Amen. That anything that infringed upon their uh, safety, God is saying, look, they're under your feet. I've given you dominion over that. So first is authority. The second is the word of God. And that's Isaiah 55, verse 11. Let's go there right quick. Isaiah 55, verse 11. And it says, so shall my word that goes forth. Out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Amen. 
So God is saying, look, I've given you the word. I gave you in the beginning. I gave you authority and that authority still holds. You still have the authority. Now you have my word. And it goes from his mouth. That's the rhema word. It's spoken. It says, and it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the things where I sent it. Verse 12 says, for you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. And the mountains and hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of thorns, you sh- it shall come up the cyrus tree. And instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree and it shall be to the Lord for his name for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Hallelujah. And the third thing, let's see, is you are seated. The world's word seated, seated in heavenly places. So let's go back to Ephesians 1. It's in Ephesians 1.20. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1.20, we're seated. 120 through 22. Let's see Ephesians 1.20. And it says here, and this is Paul's letter to the believers. He's talking to the church. He says in verse 20, which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principalities. You see, so you far above. And powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and and gave him to be head over all the things in the church, to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So God gave all these things to Jesus, and we're Jesus's, Christ is in us, and we're, he's our brother, and so we have him too. So it's just like if you put your name in there and say he gave surely you know, power over principalities, powers, might, dominion, and every name that's above every name. And so he gave this, Jesus relinquished this to us. And so we're seated in heavenly places. We have the word of God to fight for us. And we have authority over every creepy, crawly thing. And we have dominion over the evil. Now, with those three things, we ought to win every war. Amen. In fact, it's already won for us. But you can't stand against the works of the enemy using carnal. I'd rather use these things here than carnal tools. Amen. So it's like put away the carnal toys because that's what they are. And put on the full armor of God. Hallelujah. By walking in the spirit of God and using the weapons of God's war, the weapon, God's weapons of warfare. Because they are not carnal. Amen. But the Bible says they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We just need to stop trying to fight the warfare on our own. Our, our, let's see, our weapons are no match for the devil. But God's weapons are. Amen.
So therefore take up the whole armor of God. Amen. Did I read verse 13 in the Ephesians? I think I did. Okay, let's go to Galatians 3. I know you all know. Galatians Galatians 3:13 and it talks about being redeemed. And this is another weapon, but you receive that through um the re, uh salvation. You receive that through salvation. Galatians 3:13. Hallelujah. This is Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangeth on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham, who is Abraham our father, might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. So we receive the promise of of the Spirit. Through faith. Amen. So we must be wrapped up in the reality that we've been redeemed. See, these are these are some things that keeps the devil from using us like a pawn and deceiving us. Some people don't know where they're redeemed from the curse of the law. And so they go in this battle thinking that God is not with them. They did something wrong, which we all do something wrong, but God's not holding it against us. You know, you're just going through a process, and then the devil starts messing with your thinking and orchestrate things in the natural so you can see stuff ain't working because that's what he's showing you. And pretty soon you forget about your redemption. Amen. But God is saying you are redeemed from the curse of the law. In other words, a better, he gave us a better, uh, stronger covenant through faith. Amen. And through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And so there's no failure in this whole thing. But you know, if you keep looking in the natural, you, you're not going to see victory. All you're going to see is what's facing you. You go, all you're going to see is Goliath. Amen. But you have to listen to the word of God and believe it and know that God has given you authority, the word of God, and he's given you, what's that other one? Y'all didn't write it down. See, they don't know. And we're seated in heavenly places. So what does that really mean? When you're seated in heavenly places, that means that you're far above the, the battle. And you're fighting from a different vantage point. You're fighting from Jesus's position. I say you're not fighting from a natural position. That's exactly what it means. You're fighting from Jesus's position. And it's not a position of failure. It's a a position of victory. Amen. And so he's good. We are seated in heavenly places with him, with Christ. And so that means that we're above the situation. We can look and see it, but it's not coming nigh us. It doesn't affect us if you don't let it. It'll affect you if you let it. But if you know who you are, know you have authority, you can cast that thing down. What do you do to mountains? You speak to them. Amen. And what does mountains do? They fall. Amen. And so you have to know who you are. In other words, know who you are in Christ Jesus. And this battle is won. It won't look like a battle to you. Amen. But you have to stay in the love of God 
stay in the peace of God and stay where God has put you so that you can win this war. Amen. And, and see, it's like this. Everything is already worked out. It's worked out to your advantage so that you can win. It's almost like your gym teacher. Uh, how is this now? There's two, two uh, teams. I'll just use JJ as an example. Uh, bas- in basketball. And he fixed his fight. Didn't somebody do that recently? A coach fixed a... Yeah, amen. Got caught. But, and he's the one that didn't want to go to the White House. Him and his team. We ain't going there. He fixed, he fixed their, he fixed it for them to win and got busted. Amen. But it's just like you going into a competition and the coach has already fixed it where one team will win and one team loses. And they went to the, didn't they go to the championship? That was a championship game. And and he fixed it, and that found out that was the second, the last championship they won. He 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 fixed that one too, because he was doing some kind of sign language or whatever he was doing, and and they didn't pick it up then, but they, God let him get caught. Amen. But anyway, it's like going into a fixed fight or fixed competition, but God is on your side. But you have to listen, you have to hear his voice, and you have to obey him. Because you can go out there and do stuff that he didn't tell you to do. And then you'll still lose. But most uh, competitors know to pay attention to the coach. And so that's what he did. But it's kind of like that, kind of like a fixed fight. And in the spirit, you know, anything that concerns God and his people is not Well, I'll put it like this. When you're dealing with the devil, all things work. All things go. Nothing's illegal. Amen. Nothing's illegal. So you can go to a fixed fight because God has it fixed for you and win. Amen. So don't ever be uh, fearful when you some, you know, when the devil comes against you. It's going to make you feel as they say some sort of way. (laughs) But (laughs) But you have to. You have to, you know, use what God, the, the, what is that? The, the, all of the things that God has left for you, everything that, uh, you know, he has for you to use. You can use all those weapons of war and win this war and stay afloat. The thing it is, is to stay afloat. Amen. Hallelujah. And so. Um, let's see, Second Corinthians five. Did we go there? I don't think we did. Let's go to Second Corinthians five eighteen, right quick. We're doing this quick. Five eighteen, and it says, "For all things are of God. All, now all things are of God." Who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Amen. That means restore, you've been restored, renewed, forgiven. And there's no record of your wrong with God. Amen. So quit trying to dodge him because there's no web, no record. Verse 19 says that is that God was in Christ, uh, reconciling the world to himself not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Amen. 
So in other words, he exchanged sins for righteousness. Praise God. See, that's how you get righteous. See, we can't, we can't make ourselves righteous, but God can. Abraham believed God and God accounted it to him as righteousness. See, when you believe God, when you pray, when you trust him, when you have a relationship with him, that's how righteousness is uh, accounted to you. We can't say, I didn't do this. I didn't do that. I'm better than them. I don't do this. I don't smoke. I don't drink. We don't supposed to. That's just normal Christian living. But you know how people are. I don't do this. And so therefore I'm righteous. That's not how, that's not righteousness. God, God has accounted righteousness to all of us who are redeemed from the curse. Amen. Hallelujah. And if you keep a, a short accounts with God and repent daily and forgive daily, then you will always, um, you know, God will always account to you righteousness. Amen. This is how we become righteous. God will account righteousness unto us. Verse 20 says, now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Be reconciled to God. Verse 21 says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. That's how you become righteous. Amen. You become righteous, not for your good deeds, although you're supposed to do good. You're supposed to because the Bible tells us to do good. But you became righteous because Jesus took your place. He took our place. And we became righteous through his works. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans 8.1. Romans 8.1. It's good to know. See, it's good to know all of this stuff so you will know who you are in Christ. So when the devil start coming to you because you mess up or make a mistake, telling you you ain't no good and you're this and that, now you ain't going to get this and God ain't going to do this because you messed up. You can say, oh, no, I'm redeemed. I'm, I'm, bought, I'm, <laughs> I'm bought and paid for. Amen. Hallelujah. Now you got to keep short accounts with God. You can't just do stuff and and not repent. But when you repent and you, you know, uh, go to people or whatever you need to do and clear that air, God is with you. And he he says, no, devil, uh uh-uh, you lying. Just another lie because they've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Romans 8, 1. Did I say that? And it talks about being free from indwelling sin it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. No condemnation. And that means that when you mess up, the devil cannot condemn you in your mind. He does that to a lot of people that's come like off drugs and had a bad life previously. And then they, they try to become this new creation in Christ. And here comes the devil putting condemnation 
or in their mind. It don't work like that. And you, but if you don't know who you are, if you don't know what has transpired inside of you by the spirit, if you don't know, you will fall for it because it'll seem real to you. But God has redeemed you from the curse of the law. And so therefore, there's now no more condemnation because you're born again. Amen. You're born again. So let me read it again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. In Christ is born again, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, if you still think flesh, walk flesh, and if you're a fleshly person, you gonna look out because condemnation is coming. Amen. Condemnation is coming. But if you renew your mind in the word of God, condemnation can't stick to you. You tell the devil, oh, no, uh-uh, <laughs> you trespassing. And I don't, I don't receive that. I don't receive it in the name of Jesus. Verse 2 says, for the law of the spirit of life. See, there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes you and me free from the law of sin and death. Amen. And that means liberty from the dominion of sin. You are free and you have liberty. Amen. To, uh, you, you know, to live free because you've been forgiven. Amen. And you don't, and, and you're free from the dominion of sin. In other words, sin don't have no control over you no more. Amen. Unless you give it to it. Amen. But, you know, you, you start to understand things according to the spirit and not the flesh. In other words, you don't allow your flesh to dominate you no more because you know, you, you know your God. You know in whom you're believing and you know who you are in Christ Jesus. So you know that there is no condemnation in those that walk in those that walk after the spirit. Now, if you walking after the flesh, you're going to get condemnation and God's going to, the devil's going to tell you, you ain't nothing. You ain't no good. You know, nobody likes you all this stuff. But if you know who you are in Christ Jesus, you know that you've been redeemed. Then you tell the devil, you're a liar. I don't receive that. Because Jesus loves me. Amen. He died for me. You don't die for people you don't love. Hallelujah. And then you, you know, you'll just walk away from that condemnation. But you know, the devil does this to the best. He does it to the best because we don't stay focused, you know, and deception is his biggest weapon that he's using in these end times. And so he'll deceive you. He'll tell you about anything. You ain't going to get forgiven. Not this. This is the biggie. <laughs> you can't get forgiveness for this. This too bad. But nothing's too bad. According to the word of God. Amen. Amen. In verse 5, I want to read that one. It says, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on fleshly things. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. It says for verse six, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law or God. 
In other words, let me say that again. The carnal mind is the enemy of God and it is not subject to the law or God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God because you're not walking. It's impossible to walk in faith or walk by faith when you're in the flesh. So it, if it's like this. You have to use faith and walk in faith to please God. And so if you're not doing that, then you're not pleasing God. And if you have a carnal mind, you don't walk in faith. If your mind is carnal and you don't renew your mind in the word of God, then you're walking by carnality. And so you can't be using faith. And so if you're not, uh, what's that scripture? Um, Something about if you're not in faith, you're not. I can't think of what it is. Uh-uh. It's, um, it's impossible to please God when you don't walk in faith. I'm not saying that the right. Without faith. Amen. Thank you. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So the point I'm trying to make. So if you're carnal minded and the Bible says in verse six, for to be carnally minded is death. Then you're not walking in faith. You're not using faith. So in other words, right away, you ought to know you're not pleasing God. Amen. And so what happens? You get all the condemnation. You get beat up by the devil. You have wrong thoughts. And then stuff, you start gravitating bad things to happen to you because you don't trust the word of God. And a simple thing is repentance. God, I'm sorry. I've been working this wrong. I've been walking the wrong way. I've been doing this stuff because so many things bombard my mind and I haven't been resisting. See, we have to resist the devil. In this end time, you got to resist him. You have to resist. The Bible says resist the devil and he will flee. If you don't resist him, he ain't going nowhere. Amen. And so and you won't please God because you're not walking in faith if you're carnally minded because carnal mindedness is, is death. Amen. That's in verse six. I'll read verse seven again. It says, because the carnal mind is the enemy of God. So you're being the enemy of God. So you're certainly not pleasing him. So condemnation is going to walk right in and take you over. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse nine says, but you are not in the in the flesh. See, if you're born again, a new thing has started on the inside of you. Amen. And when you do get into the carnal realm, you know, to bind the devil and resist him and get back where you're supposed to be. Hallelujah. So verse nine says, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So in other words, if you're born again, then the spirit of God dwells in you. Then you know how to get out of that jam (laughs) real quick. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, and if Christ is in you, the body is dead, but this because of sin, but this, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So in other words, look, his spirit dwells in you. 
stop playing with the devil you don't belong to him cast him out reject him refute him and make yourself think on things that's good lovely pure and of good report things that are thankworthy if it's worthy to be thankful worthy to be praised then think on those things and stop playing with the devil because he will take you down amen well amen sister he will take you down amen so hallelujah let's see where am i at let's go to first john first john one nine first john one nine i'm hurrying up i'm hurrying up <laughs> Ooh, hallelujah if you're going to stand in this warfare you must understand that you are forgiven you have to or you will not win this war because basically what you're saying is god is not my friend he is not for me he is not with me because if he was why am i going through this you going through that because you in the fire amen but this is the thing you won't be singed amen hallelujah you going through that because you're going through the process you're going through the refiner's fire but what's going to come forth is pure gold and god's going to use that because he think enough of you to root out the bad use the good and put you out there and use you to harvest souls people that don't go through a whole lot they ain't gonna do a whole lot for god they just ain't but they still gonna go through something but thank god that he has this process where you come through feeling better, looking better, being better, being restored, being rejuvenated, being refreshed. Amen. You coming out smarter with wisdom, revelation, and knowledge, and being skillful in what you do. Amen. It's like if you start a business, yours will succeed when everybody else's will fail. Why? Because you have skills. Because you pay the price. You've paid a price. And just things like that, promotions, and all of these things that God wants you to have. And so, but you have to have a right kind of heart. Amen. So did I read First John 1, 9? No. Okay, First John 1. And it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now it says he's faithful and just in other words he won't forgive one person and not forgive you he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness when you mess up hallelujah and it says in 10 and if we say that we have not sinned come up here and i'll cast that devil out of you (laughs) oh some people didn't like that i don't care (laughs) okay so i'll stick with the word it says in verse 10 it's pretty much the same thing in verse 10 it says and if we say we have not sinned we make him a him a liar and the word is not in you amen hallelujah and that's just the way it is so we are we've all sinned we're all sinners amen and we come um We've been forgiven, but you know, we're, we're not desperate 
sinners we people who mess up every day but god forgives us every day and because we belong to him hallelujah praise god so let's see where am i at now now in this thing let's see verse eight where it says i mean verse nine where i said if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us and your see your mind can cause you to sin too by thinking wrong guess what that gets cleansed and forgiven too when you have wrong thought process that gets cleansed and forgiven too see god knows what he's doing you have a wrong thought you ever had a wrong thought and felt bad about it yeah i know well see god (laughs) god will forgive all of that and cleanse you amen cleanse you where you and see you might think that same thing in an hour and you say ah there i am again but if you keep going to god with that it'll happen less and less and less amen and then pretty soon you'll realize i don't do that i don't think like that no more i don't do that no more i don't have that bad thought anymore but you got to stay at it amen everything is a fight because the devil is fighting look the devil is fighting for your life and you fighting for your life he's fighting to take your life you fighting to keep it amen but the thing about it is you have spiritual weapons to help you god has given you authority he's given you his word and you're seated in heavenly places with jesus amen fighting from a good vantage point you're fighting from jesus's standpoint not an earthly standpoint hallelujah 15 did we read verse 15 go back to ephesians 6 where it says finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might let's read verse 15 i don't think i read it did i read 14 let's do 14 if we did it stand therefore having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness so having your waist girded with truth and what this is just an analogy of a roman soldier that wears this breastplate that's let me see 70 pounds i think i remember it being 70 pounds and he's got to fight uh enemy other warriors carrying this 70 pound thing and to me i've seen it look kind of like a what what that that thing that they wear now bulletproof vest but his is all metal steel and everything and he's got to have he has a 18 inch sword and he's fighting like this and uh what what they do is give him a belt and so in 15 with 14 when it says having put on the breastplate of righteousness gird, it says having girded your waist with truth i thought i saw somewhere where it said a belt having girded your waist with truth well that they're talking about this belt that a roman soldier wears and the reason they wear the belt is to hold up the breastplate take the weight off amen so taking the weight off using that belt is significant to the holy spirit taking the weight off of us off our shoulders because that that vest 
that they wear weighs the shoulders down. And so that's pretty much when you become, uh, over, over, you, you were, um, carrying the weight on you. Like it, with Jesus, it said the governments would be on his shoulders. That's where all the weight goes. And so this, um, belt fitted up underneath the breastplate to take the weight off the shoulders. That's all I'm trying to say. But it's significant to the Holy Spirit. To God taking the weight of your problems off of you. Can you see that? Hallelujah. So that's the point I wanted to make. So verse 15. Did I read? Okay. So verse 15 says. And the breastplate of righteousness. And all it really. That this was the the righteous breastplate. Was the plate that a Roman soldier wore. So that he wouldn't get wounded in his heart. Because the heart is the blood flow of the whole system and so he didn't want to be wounded just like the same thing the police wear bulletproof vests so any vital organs won't be harmed and so this is what they did but the the belt took the weight off of him now when it says the breastplate of righteousness to us that means walk in righteousness keep righteousness why because you're righteous and know that you're righteous don't let the devil treat you like some Joe Blow on the street because you ain't. Amen. Hallelujah. You're born again. So walk in righteousness and and be girded in your waist with truth. That belt also also signified truth. Walking in truth. So there's this tells me there's a certain way you're supposed to walk every day. You got to walk in truth and walk in holiness and walk in righteousness. Amen. And that's all this really means. It really doesn't mean all of this stuff. You know, these Roman soldiers lived years and years and years ago. They've been gone. But what we have to do is still um, walk in righteousness. You know, walk in holiness. Walk in truth. How do you walk in truth? The truth of the word. Read your word. The word, only thing that's true is what God says. And so you walk in that truth and know who you are. Verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so, in other words, where are your feet taking you? Amen. Be shod with the preparation of peace. Take peace wherever you go, wherever you walk. And this, for the, and it doesn't it mention the gospel for the, the gospel of peace. That means are you allowing your feet to take you to preach the gospel of peace to those who are weary? See, you have to. In other words, you can't go everywhere, Amen. everywhere, everybody else go. But if you are going, if you're wherever you go, you take the gospel of peace with you. Amen. When those missionaries get on planes and they go overseas, they take they take the gospel of peace with them. Amen. And then when they get to their destination, they share that with others. And so you have to be uh, ready to share the gospel. In other words, it ain't all just about us. We have to stay ready to share Christ. And that is the gospel. So in other words, are you t- your feet taking you where to, you're sharing the gospel with anybody? That's really all this is saying. Walk and walking in peace. Walk in peace 
and share the gospel with mankind. Amen. And don't walk in deception. Okay. There is another way to walk in deception. So you can either walk in the, in the, uh, with the gospel of peace or you can walk in deception. Take your choice. Amen. I hope that made sense. Romans 10, 15. Let's go back there. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 15. And write that down and you can follow this up. If you want say, I want to read the Bible, but I don't have nothing to read. You can write these scriptures down. Go read that. And it'll make a lot of sense to you. Amen. Romans 10, 15. Where am I at? I passed it. Hallelujah. Okay. <sighs> Romans ten fifteen, and it says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? Well, let me read 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? See, this is why you need to walk with the God. Let your feet take you to preach the gospel of peace to people. Because it says here, how then um, shall they call on, on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? See, if nobody preaches, nobody hear. Amen. And then it says, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And verse 15 says, and how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel to, of peace and who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? And so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if nobody preaches the word of faith, then nobody gets saved. Nobody believes they get saved. A lot of them, but they don't believe in the promises of God. That's our job with our testimonies. That's why testimonies are so important. Very important to to tell your testimony because that always breaks this religious thing off of people. And they have to think if if God did it for her, then he can do it for me. So it's important to walk in peace, walk in love and joy. You know, all the fruits of the spirit is supposed to produce more fruit. If you don't have the fruit following you, you don't produce more fruit. Amen. And so you have to produce fruit. You have to do all of these things and you'll be a world shaker. Amen. And I just want to say one thing about world shakers. We're supposed to turn this world upside down for Christ. We must we must take this world and take. How do you do it? By taking a stand, by being who you are, walking in the in the newness of life and not looking back. Like Paul says, I haven't apprehended he says not that i have apprehended he says but i press i forgetting those things that's behind i press toward the mark of the call the high calling that is in christ jesus he says i keep going i keep pressing he says i'm not there yet he says but i keep going and i keep sharing and i keep praying for people because this is what i'm called to do amen so we that's shaking the world. Paul shook the world. Amen. Then those uh, prison doors, when they flew open, shook the whole earth. <laughs> He's an earth shaker and a mover. And he and many people have done that that we know. 
You know, people like, you know, T.L. Osborne and Smith Wigglesworth and Oral Roberts, they're, they're movers and shakers. And we can do the same thing and pick up because we're supposed to pick up where they left off and do a better job. Amen. Ephesians 6, 16. I just want to read that. I know my time is up. Lucky for you. It says here. We're 60. Oh, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith. See, faith is a shield. You walk in faith, the devil can't touch you. See, he really don't like people that walk in faith. Cause he has not, that, when you, when you walk in faith, you block him out. He has no say so in your life. So above all, taking the shield of faith, which, with which you will be able to quench all fiery darts of the wicked one. So how do you stay out of the devil's face? Keep him out of your face using your faith. Faith causes you to quench the darts of the wicked one. So we must wear our faith as a shield. See, when you walk in faith, it's a shield. It's like you walking around with one of those, you know, metal shields that the Roman soldiers wore. And they still use it. And when people are rioting, they police still use those things. And so it's just like that's what faith does to you. We need to know this stuff. When you walk in faith, that faith is like a shield to you and your family. Amen. And you walk in faith and the devil can't mess with you. Amen. So we must wear our shield of faith. And and your shield of faith is your assurance that God is with you. How else can you be assured that God is with you if it's not for your shield of faith? Amen. So your faith causes you to hold on and take a stand and allow your faith to cover you. That's what happens. Amen. Faith is your confidence. And you're trusting and believing God's word above what you see and feel. Amen. And that's what quenches his fiery darts. When you don't believe what the devil is trying to tell you, when you don't believe what he's trying to show you, you quench the fiery darts of the enemy. And that's your faith working as a shield. Amen. We're going to have to finish this at another time. Amen. Well, Father, we do thank you for your word. Amen. Praise you, Father. We thank you. And we lift you up in Jesus' name. And we love you, Lord. We thank you for giving us all things that we need. You know, you've perfected us. And you've given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. And so we thank and praise you, Father. And we lift you up in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. We just love you, Father. And we praise you. Thank you, Lord. If there's anybody that needs prayer before we leave, I can pray for you before we go. Amen.